You are now listening to The Scheist Podcast, when millions of opinions just aren't enough. What's up, everybody? I miss this music. It's me, your host, Nick Scheist, and thank you for tuning in to an episode of The Scheist Podcast. It's been a while since I have sat in the booth and recorded an episode of this show because I've dedicated a lot of energy and time to bad movies we love, but it's football season once again. So Kristen's back in here with me. We're going to do the Pick'em Show. And I've got an interview lined up for this show as well coming up in the future, so I hope you stay tuned. But if not, I hope you have fun with this episode, and let's get to it. Welcome back, Ben. Welcome back. Welcome back to everybody that may or may not listen to this. It's the Pick'em Show, and we've been gone for, I don't since the Super Bowl. Over six months. Yeah, I don't even remember how to make this show. I've made other shows in the meantime. I've gotten good at making those shows, but this show, we'll find out. We'll see. I, I mean, I started the week shitty. Most people probably started with an L, unless you're a, a Detroit fan, uh, and... We're going to get to that game first, obviously. We've got uh, 15 minutes on the clock right now. After review, the result of the play is first and 15. Detroit ended up winning 21-20. But, you know, that's a game that I feel like Kansas City probably should have won. I felt like Detroit could win the game, and I felt like they were going to compete. And up until 430... I had Detroit as my pick because I just looked at the spreads. I guess I got to make sure I turn down that sound effect I was not ready for. And man, it looks like my vocal levels are super, super high. I turned that down a little bit. I usually have the spit guard on, so I'm not usually this close and this sultry in the microphone. But I can talk at a distance and have it be semi-normal. Anyway, uh, yeah, I had Detroit locked in until 4.30, and then, I don't know why, I was just like, well, it's in Kansas City, they're the champs, it's national TV, it's a big stage for Detroit, I looked at Detroit's record from uh, the end of last season when they went 7-2, and and they never played a team as good as Kansas City, so it was a huge step up in competition for them, and I figured that, like, Detroit got better, Kansas City got worse, but Kansas City's still Kansas City. They're still well-coached. They still have Mahomes. But then the news comes that Kelsey's not going to play. Chris Jones is holding out on his contract. So I figured that the offense would struggle a little bit, and they did. And I thought that the defense might have issues, and they really didn't. The Kansas City defense played well. Their linebackers played well. I think they got hit with, like, one key pass interference call that hurt them. But other than that, they weren't penalized that much. Uh, and... What we saw, though, was that the absence of Mahomes makes a big difference. Excuse me. What we saw was that the absence of Travis Kelsey makes a huge difference to that offense, especially with Juju gone, with losing Tyreek a year before. So it's like I think their longest tenured receiver right now is uh, MVS, and he only came in last year. McCole Hardman's gone. Uh, Demarcus Robinson is gone. So all those guys that were really uh, part of the Super Bowl teams are gone now and without Kelsey out there you're really relying on Mahomes to play like a super high level game and you know there was a point in the game where he had a bunch of completions to a bunch of different receivers and was playing like fairly well but I think at one point I also looked like he was 19 of 34 so he finished 21 of 39 which is you know barely above 50 percent but he had a lot of he had a lot of receivers dropping passes so that really ended up being sort of the thorn in the side of the Chiefs in general because 
they went down seven nothing. Detroit fake punted and turned that drive into a touchdown. They had to get ahead in that game, so they did, and they looked good. Detroit's defense looked a lot better as well, and it's a combination of their defense looking better, the Chiefs' offense looking like they're not perfectly in sync, and then the Chiefs end up tying it. Chiefs uh, go ahead 14-7. And I think they carried that 14-7 lead into the half. Uh, And then as they had the ball, because they were looking to do that swing, that second half swing where you score to end the first half, get the ball back, score again. So even if they had kicked the field goal there and gone up 10, I feel like the Chiefs are probably in control of that game the rest of the way because you're playing with a two-score lead. So even if Detroit scores and gets back in it, they're still down and they still have to give the ball back to the Chiefs and then the Chiefs from there can sort of like operate in a way that allows them to run the ball. They don't necessarily have to score touchdowns in the same uh, pressure system that they would if they were in kind of a tie game and trying to stay ahead of the Lions. And they get the ball to start the second half and I think it was that opening drive where it was Kadarius Toney, I believe, who the ball hit him in the hands, bounced up in the air and then the rookie defensive back uh, for Detroit just snagged the ball and was able to take it uh, the rest of the way for the touchdown. And so the game is tied at that point as Brian Branch on the 50 yard interception return touchdown. And so all of a sudden, like all that hard work um, is out the window. And I think there's a possession close to the end of the first half, too, where Mahomes got hit late and got hit low, and they didn't call it. And so it would have put them in field goal range. So they would have been up 10, I think, going into the half. Um, maybe wrong about the timing of that, but there's definitely a sequence where they were on the Detroit side of the field, and that call didn't happen. But then again, this dude, Juwan Taylor, on the Chiefs offensive line, cheated on every single snap of the game. He was illegally lined up basically every single snap every passing play for sure and he false started a fair amount of the time i would say close to every play i don't know why the rest let him get away with it um they even went to the rules analyst at the time uh, terry mccauley i think was the ex-referee analyst on that game and he said yeah we've been watching him this game and he's not lined up properly he hasn't been all game so I mean I I know that the refs are sort of getting their bearings too but when you look at Detroit and you look at a guy like Aiden Hutchinson who's just a a filthy pass rusher and he's in his second year now I mean he's gonna be a TJ Watt JJ Watt kind of player um Nick Bosa like he's gonna be that kind of guy and so to see that that Uh, the refs were allowing Kansas City to sort of let this player have an advantage against him made a big difference in the game, especially when, you know, Mahomes doesn't have that outlet to Kelsey that he normally has. So it it bought them more time in the pocket. And then, like, towards the end of the game, when the Chiefs have the ball and they're trying to come back uh, after the, the lead swings, they finally hit Taylor with the false start, like in the key situation. And so like, it just looked ugly. Cause it's like, he's been doing this the whole game. You don't set the precedent. And then when the game is on the line, you throw that flag. So it made, it made the rest look bad. It made, uh, sort of like the, the overall product of the NFL not look great on opening night because you have the defending champions at home losing to Detroit and Detroit really didn't play well. They scored on that one drive. Um, they didn't play poorly either, but they didn't play like great football. You know, Detroit's still a really young team. Uh, They did what they had to do late. I'll give them that. Um, Amon Ross St. Brown had a good game. David Montgomery had a really good game. And when they had the ball with the opportunity to close the game out, they didn't let the Chiefs uh, take that from them. They ran the ball down their throat, picked up some first downs, chunked them on the ground a little bit here and there. But, you know, Jared Goff didn't look amazing in this game either. I mean, he was 22 of 35 with a touchdown. 250 so a solid good nfl game he didn't turn the ball over which is kind of key to winning in the nfl so not a bad performance from the lions but definitely not like had you told me that the lions played this way 
without knowing the results of the game, and I just looked at sort of the uh, the team box score and saw how the Lions played, I'd be like, yeah, I don't think that's really probably good enough to beat the Chiefs. But, you know, the Chiefs had a mistake here, a mistake there, a no-call here, a bunch of no-calls on their guy here and there, so... It was just a weird game to start the season because, of course, neither team is firing on all cylinders right now. I mean, Detroit, they lost Chark in the offseason, so their traditional number two guy is gone. Marvin Jones comes back. He didn't really play a great game either, uh, but they do look good with uh, Sun God. He's he's great. Uh, and Jameer Gibbs, the, the rookie for Detroit, looked awesome. And they're going to have a really nasty running game with that offensive line as the season goes on. So I don't even know that they need the receiving core. Maybe that's why they traded away um, Hawkinson in Minnesota, too, because they just figured that, hey, you're too expensive for what we're trying to do and we need a better defense. So like cost saving measure. But uh, no, congrats to the Lions. That's still that's still a hard thing to do to, to be up a point on the Chiefs when they're an arrowhead, when Mahomes has the ball it looks like the Chiefs are going to win that game. And if not for Kadarius Toney dropping that uh, that pass from Mahomes when they had the ball that would have gotten them into field goal range, they would have been able to kick that game-winning field goal or at least given Butker the opportunity. It was a windy night. You know, we saw it. Uh, but Butker, good kicker. That's his home field. He's probably going to make that kick. So it's a game that I think Kansas City, like I said, probably should have won. It's a win that I don't think uh, catapults Detroit into the upper echelon of football teams. But at the end of the day, like it's the first game of the season. The loss isn't going to kill Kansas City. The win isn't going to define Detroit's season either. But I think the win is a great locker room win for Detroit because up until this game, they didn't play a team of this caliber really last year. They played the Bills last year and they played them close and lost. So to get a win over a team like this and to be able to close the game out and to have an interception return on Mahomes and to really just play like a competitive football game against the defending champions goes a long way. And I think taking that back into the locker room, like even if Detroit had lost 23-21, it's like, yeah, that's not a great loss, but hey, we hung in there with the champs. All we had to do was make one stop in order to beat them. So I think regardless of the actual like win-loss statistic in that game, Detroit did what they set out to do, which was to not play afraid. And that when they faked the punt, like that showed that Dan Campbell was not going into Arrowhead to be afraid. And I think that sends a message to the locker room. And even even the loss there would have been okay for them because they would know coming out of Kansas City that they can play with the top teams in the league and they don't really have to play scared. You know, they can go out there and play free and be aggressive and the defense will give them some chances in game. So I'm excited. You know that I love an underdog. So that Detroit team that was one and six last year, the other Detroit team, I think they're like one and 15 or something the year before that one game that they won against Minnesota at the end. Like I was so excited to see that. And I love those like all white uniforms with the, the blue numbers and the gray outline. I think those are the best uniforms in the league. It sounds weird, but I do, uh, especially with those helmets too. So. Anyway, congrats to the Lions. It's a big win. Uh, congrats to Dan Campbell. I really like him as a coach. So I'm, I'm happy for them. And plus, the loss to Kansas City, like, that helps the Bills out. I can't lie. So, I mean, it's not, it's not like I'm upset with it at all. It was just kind of like a weird game to watch because it just felt like Casey should have been up more when they had the chance early. And, hey, they didn't capitalize, and Detroit did. So, you know, it is what it is. Both teams will move on and look to next week, and we'll see what happens. But enough about that first game. We got a whole bunch more games to go through, and I didn't even take up the full 15 minutes. Nope, you got two minutes left. All right, well, screw those two minutes, but we're going to apply those two minutes because that's what we do now. In order to limit time, we're doing the two-minute drill here. So Two minutes to win it. All right, what's the first game on deck? Panthers at Falcons. Ooh, that's a fun one. Let me see. Bum, 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 bum. Oh, excuse me. Should I edit out that belch? Yes, please. Eh, I don't think so. <laughs> I'll leave it. This is what the people want. They want me burping slightly off center of the microphone. Oh, and, and so. speaking of Chark, uh, he's out on this game. So uh, Carolina's already going into Atlanta shorthanded. Atlanta's expected to win. I don't blame them. I mean, 
You got Bijan Robinson. I think Atlanta was a pretty good team last year for the most part. That division's so bad that Carolina kind of hung in there, but Carolina's, um, they're finally turning over their new leaf and they're moving forward with uh, their new quarterback. And uh, he's a rookie, so you never know what's going to happen in that situation. I hope he plays well, but it's hard. Uh, but if you could get like a soft introduction game into the NFL, this ain't a bad one because Atlanta's defense likes to give up fourth quarter leads. Uh, they've given up, you know, a lot of points in last season, so they should be improved. But Atlanta's going with uh, Desmond Ritter, so he's going to be starting for them, second-year guy. And they got Bijan Robinson in the backfield, so they're going rookie running back. Um, but they do have Matt Collins, who came over from the Raiders, Drake London, Kyle Pitts bounce back season, but they got Jonu Smith as an insurance policy, but they also have Calais Campbell on defense. So their defense should be better. Bud Dupree, AJ Terrell, one of the best uh, in the game, but Jeff Okuda is not playing. They got flowers in there and he, he played in Seattle. I've seen him play a bunch. So I think Atlanta's defense is probably good enough. I have Pinero, the kicker in this game. So do I want to shove him out there and see if he can make some kicks in the dome? Yes, but also with the rookie quarterback, it's a little tough. You looking at your engagement ring, babe? Mm -hmm. All right, well, that two minutes is up. So I would say that uh, Atlanta wins this one. I didn't see what the spread was. I did not look. Uh, give me an extra five seconds. Uh, this is a over-under of 40. Atlanta favored by three and a half. Yeah, I'll take Atlanta on the three and a half there and probably under, depending on Carolina's defense. So we'll see. I mean, if the Chiefs and the Lions, the over-under was set at like 55. So, you know, they combined for 41. So it might be a low-scoring uh, opening weekend. But what's next? All right. It is Bengals at Browns. Is it Bengals and the Browns? It's a Cincinnati-Cleveland-Ohio rivalry game to start it off. Uh, Cincy minus two on the road, over-under 47 and a half. Uh, I think I like the under in that. I mean, of course, I want Nick Chubb to go wild. I would like to see him catch some passes, too, because I got I got Chubb. I got Burrow in another league. You got Chase. You're 30 and seconds Burrow. Jamars, and you got Burrow, so you got a nice stack going there. Um, and Cleveland has hung their hat, like, kind of on their defense the last couple years, but I think they're not as good as they were, like, two seasons ago. So it's it's tough to for me to be afraid of the Cleveland defense right now. And, I mean, Miles Garrett is a very good player, but, you know, one-man army can't really win it all by yourself. Um, they do have Zadarius Smith, though, which is a good addition. Uh, Denzel Ward, good corner. Greg Newsom, good corner. So, it's not that their defense is bad. It's that Cincinnati plays a style of football that I think puts a lot of pressure on you. Because if you don't dedicate the resources to Chase... He's going to burn you. So you dedicate the resources, and then you got a guy like Higgins, who's a really good number two. And then if you can manage to take both of them away, then Tyler Boyd's pretty damn good. And then they run the ball well with Mixon, and their defense is better than Cleveland. So Cleveland's still sort of figuring out with Watson, but Deshaun looked like trash last year, which makes me happy, but also doesn't give me the confidence to think that they're going to break 47 and a half. But... If they do, I hope Nick Chubb has 100 yards and two touchdowns and uh, five catches and another touchdown and just chub it up. <laughs> so I, I have to actively cheer against Cleveland, except for Nick Chubb. Fair enough. But I think Cincinnati's the better team anyway. Two points on the road is not a ton, so I'll take Cincy. I mean, I have to cheer for Cincy because of Burrow and Jace. Yeah, 30 seconds Jamar's, baby. Mm -hmm. All right, who's next? Jags at Colts. I initially thought this game was going to be in Jacksonville, but the fact that the late season game is going to be in Jacksonville is not good for the Colts. They probably lose that game. Um, but Jacksonville should win this game anyway. They got a lot better last season. Uh, their defense is better. Jonathan Taylor is not playing. The Colts are putting Anthony Richardson, rookie quarterback, in there against a defense that is getting better but is already young and fast and aggressive so they make some mistakes but they're aggressive but you got zach moss is doubtful so Deion jackson who andrew smartly picked up who i didn't even realize he was available i didn't think he made it out of the draft but 
you're going with this kid, and then Evan Hull, who I have in one of my dynasty leagues, but uh, Michael Pittman Jr. I thought Isaiah McKenzie was waived as well, but I guess not. He's he's on the the depth chart, and then Alec Pierce. So we're gonna find out how good Anthony Richardson is, but I don't know. Like, if you're the Colts, like, why did you pick up Garner Minshew, right? Because you drafted a young rookie quarterback to be the future of the team but are you just in case he gets hurt you have Minshew but that seems like a lot of money to invest in a guy like Minshew I don't know what his contract is but he's making decent money to be a backup and he's a veteran too and I thought Minshew was going to get a chance to start here maybe he lost the job I've seen Anthony Richards arm he's got a good arm but I haven't really seen enough of him playing quarterback to know what's going to happen in this game I just know that Trevor Lawrence got a lot better ATN's healthy. Jacksonville's super deep at running back. They're adding Calvin Ridley, uh, who, of course, I have to cheer for because our dog is named Ridley, and she has a Ridley jersey, too. So I'm all in on Ridley. And Ridley, I think, is my number one receiver in fantasy right now. So he didn't even play last year, and I drafted him like a number one. So <laughs> go figure. Uh, I know. He let me down last year. Yeah, but like they're adding him into the mix with uh, Christian Kirk and Agnew and Zay Jones and Evan Ingram. So... I gotta, I gotta take the Jags here. Uh, what is the spread in this game? It should be at least six, I would say. But division game on the road, four and a half. I'll take Jacksonville minus four and a half, easy. All right, what's next? Bucks at Vikings, which I think it's funny. Yahoo has Vikings ninety four point six four percent. I'm surprised it's not higher, to be honest. <laughs> Is Baker Mayfield gonna lead Tampa? I mean, Mike Evans is basically looking for the door. I don't know. This is... It's going to be interesting to see Baker because, like we said, like that game where he came in for the Rams last season and won that game, I was super happy for him uh, because he got there, like, you know, two days before that game and just showed, like, this is, like, what a veteran quarterback can do. And I think, you know, even with his faults, and I don't think Baker is, like, an elite quarterback in this league by any means, but the dude wants to win. And he plays hard. And so even though like some of the mistakes that he's making at this point in his career probably should be cleaned up, you know, I think Tampa is probably a good place for him to just gunsling a little bit because, you know, Tampa had Ryan Fitzpatrick, Jameis Winston, these guys that love throwing the ball, but they would throw basically just as many uh, interceptions as touchdowns. And, uh, you know, I think that's probably where Baker's going to be. He should be above a 2-1 to touchdown interception ratio for this team uh but it's going to remain to be seen whether or not he gels with the guys that are in place and you know minnesota's favored by five this tampa bay defense is not the tampa bay defense that it was a couple seasons ago you know they still have vita vea um they still have devin white levante david in the middle they still got shaq barrett jamel dean carlton davis antoine winfield so there's still a lot of good players in place um but I think, you know, without Tom there to sort of steady the ship, I don't know. It's going to be it's going to be weird. It's not a game that uh, Tampa cannot win. And it's a game that Minnesota at home being favored by five is kind of like a trap game where Minnesota should definitely win this game and win by five. But, you know, you never know. You never know. And without Dalvin Cook, we don't know what that offense is going to 100 percent look like. Adam Thielen's gone. So that's sort of like trusted second guy is gone still got jefferson i think five is a lot but i probably have to side with minnesota i like minnesota to win i think tampa may cover but realistically maybe i just pick up the tampa kicker and see if he can hit some field goals in the dome or something but all right what's next uh titans at saints Okay, Titans, Saints. Who are the Titans these days? I don't even know. Remember the Titans. I remember them, all right. Uh, <laughs> New Orleans favored by three at home. I, I would still think that Tennessee is the better of the two teams. I mean, like, Tennessee was in, I think, the AFC title game, like, two years ago, right? So their, their pedigree is a little bit better. I just don't know that they're still at that level i mean they're definitely not still at that level we've seen that over the last couple of seasons um they just picked up deandre hopkins which i think is a good thing for Tannehill because it's gonna help him out a lot but the saints are switching over to Derek car mode 
which you know it's did it's it gonna work? be interesting did it work for the raiders not necessarily but he didn't he wasn't bad for the raiders it's just they never they never had a defense so now you give Derek carr a defense and hope that he doesn't turn the ball over kamara's out uh so it's gonna be jamal michael thomas and uh, i don't know does he ever play anymore? He kind of does, and then he doesn't. So I don't know if Michael Thomas is a factor. If he is, it's going to be great for them. But if not, then who knows? Jimmy Graham's back. It was nice to see Jimmy score a touchdown for them in preseason. Retire as a Saint. Uh, so I think the Saints at home, tough place to play. I am going to go Titans, though. I think with Henry and with the second year for Burks and with the addition of Hopkins and Tannehill healthy again, I think they can play enough defense and threaten enough because their, their pass defense, I think was top five last year. So it, it definitely takes away one of the things the saints should be able to do well. Uh, but yeah, it's tough, tough game to pick, but New Orleans minus three at home. I don't know. I'm just, I'm not on board with New Orleans yet. I have to see what they look like with Carr. I'll take the devil I know versus the devil I don't in Tennessee. Like, they're going to give the ball to Henry. They're going to throw the ball to Hopkins. Like, and we know who Tennessee is. Like, remains to be seen who this New Orleans team is going to be. All right, what's next? 49ers at Steelers. Oh, Burks is out in that game, too. Jesus Christ. Stupid Titans. Give me one second. <laughs> Oh, the Titans. He's not listed as out here, but it says he's out in the other one. So behind him, they have Chris Moore, Kiaris Jackson, Westbrook Akine. All right. Well, they're not as they're not as deep at receiver as they probably should be. So it's going to be Derrick Henry and Hopkins are going to have to win that game for them. So good. I want it to be a Derrick Henry day. Yeah. I mean, I'm fine with that. By Henry means necessary, right? Yeah, that's what I should name myself in the other league. Yeah, you should. What did you do in that league for your name? I just have it as my name. Oh, yeah, see? I mean, I'm TBD. I don't even have a name yet. I got to think of something. Well, because I just put... I had to put my name before I drafted. Gotcha. I didn't. I was new, so I didn't have our name already. I know. I would be Nick's Nifty Team. What? Why? <laughs> <laughs> because when it gives you, like, an auto name, it's like... That's what it selected for you? Yeah, I think one year it did. <laughs> Nick's Nifty Nimble Team. Anyway, Niners at the Steelers. It was funny in talking to our friend's dad. He was he was on board with the Steelers winning this game. And I think this is similar to the Kansas City Detroit game in that you have a Niners team that is a proven commodity that uh, knows how to win, that has been a perennial preseason Super Bowl contender for the last handful of years. And... The only difference is they're on the road. And this Steelers team, was they got better at the end of last season, but, like, Kenny Pickett still had a long way to go. I think, you know, he's only going into his second year, and he's still got to play the San Francisco defense. So, like, that's still a lot of pressure on a young guy. Uh, so I don't think they win. But I do think Pittsburgh probably competes with them, and it's just going to be an injury thing. Like, Kittle's questionable. He may not play, but... The Niners are all in on Brock Purdy after trading um, Trey Lance away to the Cowboys. So we'll see how Purdy's elbow is holding up after the offseason uh, surgery, I think, for his uh, UCL injury. And, I mean, of course, they have McCaffrey. They got Debo. Ayuk should have a big jumping, uh, not jumping, breakout year this year for them. Juwan Jennings is pretty solid. They got Juice at fullback still. Still got a good O-line. Still got Bosa, Hargrave, and Armstead on the D-line. Still got Greenlaw and Warner. Uh, and they still got uh, Hufanga. <laughs> Charverius may or may not play. Uh, oh, and they got Lenoir at the other cornerback position. So, okay, maybe their secondary is not as good as it was. But when Nick Bosa's breathing down your neck, secondary doesn't have to be as good. Um, I'll take the Niners in this one. I'm surprised to see... Uh, is Pittsburgh favorite? Did I read that wrong? No, San Francisco's favorite by two and a half. Yeah, that's fine. Competitive game. They win by a field goal maybe on the road. But similar to Detroit and Kansas City. Who's next? Cardinals at Commanders. Oh, boy. Cardinals are arguably the worst team in football right now. Uh, I don't 
know if Kyler's playing. He's not. He's out still. So Joshua Dobbs, who didn't play poorly. You got Connor, who wants a trade. Marquise Brown's questionable. Ertz is questionable. They got Dorch at wide receiver. Rondale Moore. Eh. Just, yeah, and then uh, JJ retired. So their most veteran presence on defense is gone uh, as well. I think it's really their defense that's going to be an issue here. Like, even if the offense manages to do okay, uh, they're going to struggle because Washington's got a nice two-headed monster at running back with Gibson and Robinson. They've got really good depth at receiver. I think some of the best depth at receiver in the league, honestly, with McLaurin and uh, Dotson and Samuel. And then Sam Howell, second-year guy. Everybody's pretty high on him. But again, he hasn't really like played a ton of NFL football yet. So again, Chase Young is out. So this is a Washington defense that a couple of years ago was excellent because of him. And now he hasn't been able to be healthy for the last couple seasons. It's hurt them, but you know, uh, Cameron Curl's good. Kendall Fuller's good. Um, Montez Sweat on the other side is good. Jonathan Allen, Deron Payne. They still have a good defense. They just have to play like it. And I think against a team like Arizona is sort of a, your defense gets to play downhill a little bit, if that makes sense. Kind of like the opposite of when you play against a bad defense, you get to run downhill. But, yeah, I, ha Great I have analogy. no faith in Arizona. I could see Arizona not winning a game this year, to be honest, because their division's hard, too, so... You know, the Rams are not great. They might be the worst team in football, too, with Cooper Cup out. So, yeah, that's going to be a tough one. What's next? Oh, hold on. Timer's going on. That's fine. Um, we're, just, we're getting back in the groove. We don't know, know what we're doing yet. This is like our preseason. Yeah, it's we should have done a preseason yeah. one. Uh, Texans at Ravens. The Ravens, I think, when I saw, they were favored by eight and a half, nine and a half. Huge spread. Um, so that's not a, a great sign for the Texans. Uh, and I don't know, because the Texans seem like, you know, they, they didn't believe in uh, Mills, Davis Mills. And they drafted C.J. Stroud. And he might have been the best quarterback coming out of the draft. And... He made some good throws in the preseason, but uh, his receivers were not really helping him out. So if his ball placement is good, but you're not getting the catches, then that's going to be a struggle. But you got Lamar Jackson back. J.K. Dobbins is healthy finally, I think. Uh, you've got Gus, the bus. So Ravens look like the Ravens that they were a couple of years ago. Plus, I think it was last year where they added Patrick Queen into the mix, so they've got like a real gnarly... Oh, no, they added Roquan Smith, I'm sorry. So uh, their linebacking core is is pretty gnarly. I just... I, I don't know. It looks like they're running a 3-4 right now. So they've got uh, Humphrey is out. Um, Marcus Williams at safety. Hamilton, Rockyson. So I guess what's-his-face is gone. Uh, who played... I think he played for the Rams. Marcus Peters? I don't remember. Him. I don't know. Him and Jalen Ramsey were in a trade, I think, for each other. I don't remember exactly. It was a couple of years ago. They still got Tucker, so they're not going to really miss any field goals. But yeah, Lamar, JK, and then you got uh, Bateman, OBJ, uh, Flowers. Duvernay had a really nice season last year. So, I mean, they look poised to be back to the Ravens that they were, and especially with Lamar back. Um, I think I, I don't see any reason the Ravens don't win that game. I guess the only question is, do they cover, what was it, nine points? That's a big spread, but nine and a half over under 43. I know I used my two minutes already, but yep. it's all right. We're preseason. Stroud, Pierce, Singletary. Yeah, Nico Collins, I saw him drop like a pretty easy good throw by Stroud. They do have Robert Woods. They have Noah Brown. They have Dalton Schultz. So that's actually a really solid uh, offensive skill team. It's just going to be can their offensive line hold up and can their defense hold up. All right. I'm going to say Ravens win, but it's inside of nine and a half. So I think Texans cover somehow. Maybe they don't, but you know, first, first game for the rookie against the Ravens fast defense. Maybe not, but shit, I'll, t I'll take it. Probably good odds. Uh, all right, what's next? Uh, Packers at Bears. Oh, it's the Jordan Love era. 
in Green Bay. They're on the road. It's also the Justin Fields era full-time now. Um, Christian Watson is out, so the guy that showed up. At, remember last season where, like, Green Bay didn't have a receiver and Rodgers was, you know, being a diva about it, and then all of a sudden this rookie kid they had from Notre Dame, I think, um, just, like, came out of nowhere, and he's huge, and he's fast, and he was making plays. Uh, yeah, he's out this game. So you're missing your best receiver. Lazard left. So I'm really looking at maybe their rookies. I've got one of them in one league. Uh, Dobbs is questionable, so Jalen Reed is the next man up. You know, they can still turn around and run the ball a lot. Their defense is supposedly decent, but I, I haven't believed that in years. You know, they always tell me that Green Bay is an elite defense, and I'm like, I've yet to see it. Um, it's not that they don't play well on occasion, but when I think of elite defenses, I think there's a big gap between a team like San Francisco and a Green Bay. So Green Bay's defense might be good. Uh, they may hang their hat on it, and especially with a young quarterback defense, run the football, don't, you know, put love in position to make a bunch of mistakes, and just, you know, do your best. But... I don't know. I, th I think I like the Bears in this game. I'm not 100% sure, but I've got some Bears players. Khalil Herbert took over. They got Foreman, DJ Moore, Mooney, Claypool. So th this is a team that is in position to make a big step forward this year. Uh, and Green Bay is just going to try to hold down sort of the formula that they've had the last few years that was run by Aaron Rodgers and sort of passed the torch. It's a coin toss kind of game. Chicago favored by one at home. Uh, I think the dynamic skills of Justin Fields are going to be the difference in this game. So I'll, when it's a point, basically a coin toss game, I'll go with uh, Chicago and hope that DJ Moore has a big game. I gotta move the, yeah, all the sound effects are not properly in place right now. Okay, what's next? Let me, let me turn off the background music. <laughs> Can they hear that? Uh, they'll be able to hear it at some point. Okay. What's the next game? Uh, Raiders at Broncos. All right. Raiders Broncos. I feel bad for Tim Patrick, you know, having blown his ACL, not his ACL. ACL was two years ago. And then now he tore his Achilles, so his season's over again. Denver favored mm -hmm. by three and a half. Uh, this is a tough game for the Raiders, like especially new quarterback. I mean, Josh Jacobs really burned them a couple times last year. I mean, Jacoby Meyer is a nice addition to that team and you got Myers Renfro Adams so really good receiving core honestly like you got two guys who are just like really good hands guys in Myers and Adams Renfro not even bad but he's like probably the best slot receiver since Beasley uh retired or was forced into retirement but they got Austin Hooper as well they got Max Crosby Chandler Jones isn't playing though uh but it looked like the Raiders finally started to figure out who they were late last season but it was already at the point where they had conceded that their season was over but Jacob signed a one-year deal and it's going to pay him a little bit more so I, I expect them to be Josh Jacobs heavy Jimmy just has to not make mistakes and they'll compete and then we don't know who Denver is because they look like ass last year and uh Russell Wilson I don't know. Jerry Judy's questionable. Like, Javante Williams is back, but he's coming back from the knee injury, too. Sutton, I think, is two years removed from his knee injury. Uh, like, Marvin Mims Jr. is your third receiver. is not really instilling me with a ton of confidence. And then their tight ends. I mean, unless they want to go and run the kind of offense that Seattle did back when Russell Wilson was successful in Seattle. And it's so weird because... A lot of the success that Denver had offensively was coming out of two tight end sets because it, it showed different blocking packages to the defense and allowed Russ to move. And then when Russ is outside the pocket, he's very good because he can see well. But when he's trapped in the pocket and you don't let him escape, you know, at 5'11 or whatever, it's hard to see over a lot of these guys. And seeing downfield is not exactly easy. Um, I don't know, three and a half is a lot. I'm going to take the Raiders to cover... You know what? I like the Raiders outright to win. I think Jacobs just hammers the rock, and they they find a way. I don't know. Fucking Raiders. <laughs> What's next? I don't trust the Broncos yet. They burned me so many times last season. Makes sense. Um, Eagles at Patriots. Ooh, everybody's dropping the Patriots defense this week for fantasy purposes, so that scares me. 
And the Eagles obviously have a good offense, so maybe I should not have taken the Patriots in week one. Um, but the Eagles are going to be in a similar position last year where they have like eight running backs. Right now they have DeAndre Swift, Rashad Penny, uh, Kenneth Gainwell, and Boston Scott uh, replacing Sanders. Sanders left, got a good deal in Carolina. But they still have AJ, they got Devonta Smith. Quez Watkins is not like a, a beastly number three receiver, but, you know, Goddard at tight end works into their offense pretty well. I love uh, Olamide Zaccheus, Zaccheus, whatever his name is. I don't know if he's wearing 17 anymore, but he's good. And the Eagles defense is so good that I think, you know, especially after last year being close and almost winning a championship, like getting there with Jalen Hurts in that sort of, sort of, um, compressed time frame will do a lot for them and I really think that Mac Jones is not great um, but Matt Coral is out Bailey Sappy's a good player but he's not going to play he's behind Jones and then Ramondre is questionable Tyquan Thornton injured reserve I don't think he's played for the Patriots at all Devontae Parker's questionable two of their offensive linemen are questionable but you know as we've seen from um, Bill Belichick over the years is that he definitely sort of bullshits the injury report like the Patriots have more guys I think on the injury report as questionable every season than anybody because it's like if they're questionable like it says that they're hurt but you still have to kind of like prepare for them anyway so you don't really get to prep for the backups and just knowing the way that Belichick has manipulated things in the past it it's not a surprise to me that like he likes that kind of gamesmanship where it's like, oh, is our best player out or not? Well, he's questionable. So you have to decide whether or not you want a game plan for that or not. It's a Belichick move for sure. Um, but yeah, I'll take the Eagles and... Th oh, three and a half on the road? Yeah, I'll Eagles all day. And Patriots, it's not easy to go into New England and win, but... Fuck the Patriots. <laughs> Who's next? Uh... Dolphins at Chargers. Should be fun. Uh, it's a game between two would-be high-scoring offenses. Uh, <clears throat> I don't know. It, it's going to come down to, like, is Tua, like, game-ready? Because I'm scared to see him play with the kind of head injuries he's had over the last year. Um, but when he plays well, he executes at a pretty high level, and Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle are a lot to deal with. Um, Mostert coming out of the backfield is nice. They didn't land Dalvin Cook. They didn't land Jonathan Taylor. So it tells me that they were still looking to improve their running back position because it seems like, you know, Mostert is good. He's fast. Uh, and the way that they run their offense shows you a lot of uh, RPOs and play action stuff. So... Mostert can have success, but uh, to get like an elite guy who's been at the top, Mostert has been like close to that, but he's had a lot of injuries over his career. It looks like Christian Wilkins, I don't know. I, I heard that he wasn't going to play, but he's listed on their roster. Uh, they still got Raekwon Davis, Jalen Phillips, David Long Jr. has played well in the past. Uh, Bradley Chubb, good addition for them. Uh, last season, like middle of the season. And you still got Xavier Howard and Brandon Jones. And uh, I don't know who this Cater Kohu guy is, but he is their new number two corner. So they're going to be put to the test against Keenan Allen and Justin Herbert and Mike Williams and Austin Eckler and a pretty good Chargers offense. But the Chargers still have been at the level where they've underachieved. And I don't know if they're ready to take the step yet, but if they don't take it this year, I think you probably got to get rid of the coach because, you know, you miss playoffs, I think, two years in a row. And Herbert was touted as being like on the same level as Patrick Mahomes or Aaron Rodgers or Tom Brady or Josh Allen. You know, when you when you bill your quarterback as that guy and then you don't win like who, who are you putting the blame on as the franchise, right? And I think seeing some of the coaching decisions that I saw two years ago that cost them a playoff spot and then seeing him sort of hedge his bets a little bit last year with some of the play calls, I, I, I'm not super confident in who the Chargers are yet. I know that they have talent, but them becoming the team that their talent suggests that they're capable of is a whole different story. 
And I would say Miami has probably played closer to the level of what their talent would suggest so far. So I think these teams played last year too. Um, I don't remember off the top of my head, but I feel like they played at some point last season as well. Uh, but the Chargers at home, minus three. I mean, I would prefer the Chargers win, but I don't want to let my heart get in the way. So I'm going to say that... Oh, God, I don't want to say it. Dolphins. I think the Dolphins win. I think the Dolphins' defense is a little bit better. And as long as, you know, as long as two is healthy and doesn't take a head injury, I think they'll be okay. And I think... Like, they're further along with their young coach, young quarterback, young system than the Chargers are. So with two very similar teams, both trying to do the same thing, I've just I've seen the Dolphins play better and more consistently than the Chargers. So maybe that changes. But, I mean, if you're looking for an underdog steal, you probably get decent money on this game uh, on the Dolphins. So not a bad, not a bad one to take a stab at. And, ooh, Rams at the Seahawks. Seahawks surprised everybody last year, but not me. I said when Russell Wilson left, I said the Seahawks are going to be around 9-8, and eight, and they're going to challenge for a playoff spot, and that's exactly what they did. Uh, so I think the Seahawks get better this year because they use that draft capital from the Wilson trade to prove that, it, I mean, it took them a season with the Jamal Adams trade to get all that back, but... You know, now you've got Gino, who played really well, who's like 6'4", too. So when Russell got hurt two years ago, we watched, and I thought Gino played well. They lost some games because of some untimely turnovers, but Gino still played well the majority of the game. He made some bad mistakes late in games that cost them wins, but they didn't play bad. And then Russ, like, wanted to come back so bad that he rushed it, even though his finger wasn't healed, and you could tell he looked like shit for two weeks. And then the third week, he finally started to get it together, but at that point, like, their season was over. They should have just gone with Gino. And so I think, especially for a guy like Metcalf, it's much better to have Gino as the quarterback because he's tall enough to, like, stand in there and make a throw that he can see downfield, where a lot of the times when the pressure sort of breaks the pocket, Russell Wilson has to move, and then he knows, like, Tyler Lockett's his guy downfield. But what we saw with Geno is that he's willing to take that shot to Lockett, too. So I think Seattle's solid. They got Kenneth Walker. Uh, Cooper Cup's out for the Rams, so maybe Higby has a big game, and they, they find something in the running game, and maybe the defense uh, is good enough. But on the road in Seattle with Aaron Donald, like, he wanted to retire last year, so I don't know, like, where his head's at. But your number one receiver is Van Jefferson right now. So you got Van Jefferson, Tutu Atwell, like Stafford's coming back from uh, surgery, I think, on his elbow as well. You got Cam Akers, who never really, like, hit as the guy that they thought he was going to be. So maybe this is the year that Akers finally becomes the number one running back that people thought he was when he got drafted. But uh, I just don't. A, I don't care for the Rams that much. And B, I just think Seattle at home in this particular game without cup is going to put a lot of pressure on Stafford to, to keep pace. So if, if, if it were Seattle by like two and a half or three at home, I think that's like way easy. I'll take that all day. Seattle by five is a little more sketchy, but I think, I think they cover. So uh, what's next? Is that? No, it's not Sunday night. Next game is Rams giants, right? No Cowboys giants. Oh yeah. Sorry. My bad. I got Rams on the brain. I'm sorry. It's my first day back. Uh, Cowboys at the Giants. Cowboys are favored 55%. Uh, and this is probably, what, three points? No, three and a half. Dallas favored on the road. I don't like that. Um, I understand it, but I don't like it. I think the Giants are another one of these teams that's getting better. And you got Saquon back. You got Daniel Jones playing his best football with a new coach. Isaiah Hodgins is not like your true blue number one, but he really played well last season. He's an ex-Buffalo guy. I got to, you know, be happy for him. And I am. And I like Darius Slayton a lot. They added Paris Campbell. Uh, Wandale is still not going to play. They still got Sterling Shepard. So like, this is probably the healthiest the Giants have been in two seasons. Uh, so it's going to be interesting to see what they look like because they haven't really been at full strength in a long time. And they added Darren Waller, who's questionable. Uh, after getting rid of Ingram. So it's like they moved on from a guy in Ingram who is athletic, tight end, 
big playmaker but just didn't work in that system for some reason but now he's down in Jacksonville finding success and then I think New York realized that his skill set is valuable so they made a move to get Waller with Carr leaving uh, the Raiders I think Waller was happy to move on and get out of there like, yeah, I don't, he just didn't want to play with Jimmy G Devontae Adams locked in that big ass deal so he's not going anywhere um, so hopefully he elevates Jimmy but anyway um, I would prefer Dallas lose but we got family that are Dallas fans and there's a lot of players on the Cowboys that I actually like I mean I like Pollard a lot um, CD didn't hasn't really shown me that he's a true number one in the way that they're going to pay him to be and I think last year, with Amari Cooper being gone, they missed him a lot. So adding Brandon Cooks into the mix is nice. Uh, you get Gallup as well. Brandon Cooks is listed as their number two, so I don't know if he's going to get the number two routes. But I like the fact that you can mix him up in the slot is a really good option for Dak. It kind of gives you um, a Cole Beasley element to that offense that they've been missing for the last few seasons. Losing Dalton Schultz definitely takes away a little bit of a safety blanket from Dak. Um, but they drafted, I think they drafted Ferguson. Uh, but they got two guys on the O-line that are both banged up for this game. And these games were close last year already. I think the Giants have improved a lot over the last two seasons. Um, Dallas, I don't know. I mean, Dallas, like, they put, so, they put up wins, they score, they have a good defense. But I just, I don't know that they've actually, like, gotten better, if that makes sense. Like, they're still the same Cowboys team that I saw. I think they, they finally got a playoff win, which was important for them, and that's going to help them down the stretch. This is still a tough game, though. On the road, on Sunday night, the pressure's definitely on them to be favored in this position on the road. So the Giants kind of, you know, get to play with house money, and they get to do it at home. I don't know. Screw it. I like the Giants. I think uh, Dallas can obviously win, but I like the Giants. And then we get to uh, the game. The only game that matters this week. New York, New York on 9-11. No, only one New York team, but yes. What is the team name? The Buffalo Bills. <laughs> the Jets play in New Jersey. I understand, but... The Giants play in New Jersey. And oddly enough... But they're called the New York Jets. I get it. Um... <laughs> But both of these games, the Sunday night game and the Monday night game, are both being played in New York on the anniversary of 9-11. Obviously, the, the Sunday night game is not on that day, but this weekend. It's still the weekend. Yeah. So, look, uh, the Jets are good. Aaron Rodgers theoretically makes them better. If they didn't fix their offensive line problems, they're still going to struggle. Uh Brees Hall, questionable, but you got Dalvin now, so they have a little bit of breathing room at running back. Um, Corey Davis retiring, though, it's, it's such a weird thing. I mean, he's 28. He was about to play with the best quarterback of his career, and he just walked away. And so you still got Garrett Wilson, but look what Rodgers did. All he did last year was complain about talent that was around him, right? They didn't draft a receiver. He complained about getting offensive weapons. Look who the fuck is on the Jets now. Randall Cobb and Alan Lazard. <laughs> so you went and you took the guys that you said like weren't good enough. And I mean, I get, they're your boys. You have chemistry with them. You're getting them out of a situation that they don't want to be in either. Look, I understand all that. And good for all of them to be able to find a home together in the Jets and maybe try and continue what they were working on uh, in Green Bay that maybe they felt that they weren't able to do because of the coaching or the front office or whatever, right? Um, but the Aaron Rodgers I saw last year, I don't know if he like sandbagged it because he was unhappy, but he didn't look good. And I, I don't doubt his arm talent. I don't doubt his uh, ability to make certain plays. But to me, for my money, Aaron Rodgers is never going to be the tippity top of the quarterback position for me. I mean, he played all those years in Green Bay, had a great defense, great offense, many, many, many seasons, went to the Super Bowl one time. I get it. It's more than just him and everything. And I'm not saying he's not a great quarterback. He's going to be a first ballot Hall of Famer. Absolutely. But there's certain intangibles in the way that he plays that don't sit well with me. 
if that makes sense. Um, and if he's got a bad offensive line in front of him, those intangibles are going to show. So the Jets better be good at running the ball. They do have a very good defense, uh, and it gave, they gave the Bills problems last year. They beat them once, and they played a close game against them the, the second time. So this is not a walk-in-the-park game for the Bills at all. And I think, I don't are the Bills even favored in this game? Or because of Rodgers, has it swung the other way? And I don't think Aaron Rodgers looks good in number eight either. Um, but the Bills are <laughs> two-and-a-half-point favorites on the road. But when you look at the Bills, I think, you know, no offense to my guys, but similar to the Cowboys, like, I don't know that they've gotten significantly better than they were a couple seasons ago. I, I love the Bills. I think they made good offseason moves this year. Um, they spent money in some key places to keep some guys around. Uh, so I'm not, I'm not like, shy on the Bills' talent at all. They have it. Um, and now with Cook being the lead running back and Damian Harris, you got Latavius Murray. I really love their running back room. I feel bad for Hines. I think he tore something and he's out right now. Uh, with their receivers, Deontay Hardy was a very nice addition who's going to sort of play the slot role for them, getting Kincaid. Great move for them. They're going to play some two tight end position, uh, excuse me, two tight end formations. And then their offensive line, they picked up Connor McGovern. Good move. They drafted Osiris Torrance. Good move. Mitch Morse, I still think he's a good center. He's just a little undersized. Deion Dawkins struggled a little in the preseason, but he's still a good left tackle. And then Spencer Brown is sort of the weak spot, but they picked up Jermaine Effetti from, uh, I think he got cut by the Lions. Uh, but he, if I'm not mistaken, played with Seattle a few years as well. So I've seen him, and I think when he was drafted, actually he was supposed to be a lot better than he currently is. So they have some insurance at the right tackle position where they were weak, but you know, you bring back Ed Oliver, which a lot of people were not happy with that signing, but I like it. You still got Daquan, you still got Settle, still got Jordan Phillips, still got Shaq Lawson, AJ, Greg Rousseau. So the, the offense and the defense I feel for the bills uh, is deeper than it was. I mean, Dane Jackson, who played a lot of, number two corner over the last few seasons is uh, not even the starter. Uh, Kair Elam, who played really well last season in some moments as well, uh, is third string. So I think the Bills are actually like super deep. It's it's not a matter of talent for the Bills, though. It's a matter of execution and putting themselves in a position to win. And sort of one of my criticisms that just didn't seem to like register with a lot of the people I talked to that were Bills fans was that the Bills almost never ran the ball to start the clock when they had the lead late in the game and it came back and it bit them in the ass I mean they were up 17 points on Minnesota in that game and got beat at home in Buffalo so if the Bills can start calling their plays a little bit more to just alleviate the burden of having to constantly score in order to be like a good well-oiled machine then i think they'll be in a better position like just get first downs you know just do what's right in front of you take what the defense is going to give you and then let josh allen be magic when you need magic but don't force josh to be magic all the time because sooner or later the magic's going to run out and he still fumbles a lot he still throws a lot of picks that he shouldn't throw so as much as i love josh allen and i think that he is eventually going to get the Bills to a Super Bowl, whether it be this season or the next one, there's a, there's a maturity in the offense that is just not quite there yet. And I think it's kind of the same thing with Dallas, to be honest. Like, they just don't show the kind of aware, late game awareness. But that being said, uh, I think the Bills win this game. I think they get the season started on a good note. I think I think because of what has happened the last couple of seasons and then everything that happened with DeMar last season, I think sort of from a, from a broader perspective, you look at the Bills stock has maybe dipped a little bit. Um, but I think they're, they're going to show up and they're going to remind people why they were favored to win the Super Bowl last year. And I also think that that pressure was something that the Bills were not accustomed to, especially for a fairly young team with a young quarterback, with a you know mostly young head coach. Like, I think it was two seasons in a row where people were picking the Bills to go to the Super Bowl. Like, I lived through the drought years where, you know, you wouldn't even pick the Bills to go to the playoffs, let alone to be the Super Bowl favorite to start the season. So, 
it is a weird position to be hey we're a young team we surprised everybody in 2020 we went like 13 and 3 i think and go to the afc title game and then lose to kansas city it's like okay you build on that then you lose the next year in the divisional round on uh the last second defensive mistake so it's like again like sort of a maturity thing of the guys on the field didn't necessarily like know which call was coming in they they played the wrong kind of coverage in the wrong situation late game situational awareness and then uh this last season you know everything happened with demar i think it kind of just put a weird bump in the in the season in general and then not getting to play Cincinnati in that game earlier in the year didn't prepare them for the kind of football they needed to play against Cincinnati. And for a team that plays in the Northeast, outdoors, in snowstorms, this is not a Bills team that has been built to play outdoors for the most part. This is a Bills team that is built to play fast on turf. So getting the second tight end in there, dedicating a little bit more to the run game, and getting a guy like Harris and getting a guy like Latavius Murray those are the kind of guys that are going to be there to close out football games for you because as we saw with the Detroit Kansas City game Detroit converted the first down that they needed to win the game on the ground and David Montgomery scored that go-ahead touchdown for them on the ground so when you can do that you you basically take the defense like out of the game so if, if you're the Bills and you're in a situation especially over the last couple of seasons where you need to run the football and the defense knows you're going to run the football the bills lost that exchange quite a lot and they they struggled in short yard situations because they knew that when the box would get stacked they couldn't just conventionally run the ball and so they were designing all kinds of weird stuff for josh allen and that wasn't really working that well either so to be able to line up on offense when the defense knows you're going to run and you tell them we're running on this play basically you you don't tell them but it's like this is a running situation they know we're going to run we know we're going to run and we still have to win that exchange that's what the bills need to do because if they can do that then they can dictate when they want to run and then they're a much more dangerous team but when they're at the mercy of not being able to win short yardage runs that puts their defense in a lot of or that puts their offense in a lot of like fourth and short situations and then if you don't convert it's a turnover and it's just it's just messy you know so i think a damian harris very good addition for them latavius also very good latavius comes off the fucking couch every season for the last like three years plugs in first game touchdown so i love that move uh you need a guy that can just run between the tackles and get you three yards and like i don't dislike Devin Singletary at all I love Devin Singletary I hope he has all the success in the world in Houston and carves out a role in that offense but it was very difficult for a guy who is like kind of undersized and under speed to be able to hit the hole and just fall forward like Derrick Henry if you hit him at the line of scrimmage it's very difficult to make him lose yardage so he's gonna just be big and fall forward for a couple of yards that's what Latavius Murray brings for you like Damian Harris is gonna push the pile a little bit and Singletary like ran really hard in situations and got some big plays for the Bills here and there but that short yardage run is where they need to improve and if they can do that then we're talking about the Bills potentially winning a Super Bowl so it starts Monday night in the Meadowlands go Bills baby <laughs> All right, we're at the end. That took an hour, but, you know, we're back in the saddle. <laughs> we are. We got to run the clock a little bit better, but I got to pay attention. Yeah. I also have to remember to set the timer every time. Yeah. Well, we'll figure it out. We'll get better at it. Yeah. It's actually been so long since I've done the show that I forgot the part where I cover all of my dog's picks as well. Rid's picks. So I'm going to run through her picks for the week because she plays the pick them with us. She doesn't have any money or anything riding on it, but we do keep her in the loop. And she took the Chiefs. She likes home teams. If you listen to this show, you know that. So she took the Chiefs along with all of us. So we all start 0-1, but uh, she likes the Falcons at home over the Panthers, Browns at home over the Bengals, Colts at home over the Jags. She's taking the Bucks on the road at Minnesota. Then she's going back home, taking the Saints in New Orleans over the Titans, the Steelers in Pittsburgh over the 49ers, Washington Commanders in Washington over the hapless cards. 
She also likes the Ravens over the Texans uh, in Baltimore. The Bears at home over the Packers. Broncos at home over the Raiders. Pats at home over the Eags. Chargers at home over the Dolphins. Seahawks at home over the Rams. She flipped the script and went Cowboys on the road, picking up the W over the Giants. And then she breaks my heart on Monday night, taking the Jets over the Bills. All right. All right. Happy Football Sunday. There it is. All right, everybody. Take care. Thank you to everybody who took the time to listen to this episode. I do appreciate it. And I do believe that word of mouth is still the best way to help. So if you liked what you heard, then please tell somebody. But otherwise, liking, subscribing, sharing, all that stuff helps too. This show is an extension of thescheiss.com. And you can contact me at nick at thescheiss.com or at Podcast on Twitter. And until next time, stay safe, be well, and go Bills. <laughs>